0: Hi everyone, Hillary here. I swear Megan will record one of these one day, but today is not that day. This is an episode about MCR and it's very abridged and very garbled on my part, despite the research that I did. I left out some key facts for the sake of time and also for the sake of Megan's brain cells, because you know, once you go down that rabbit hole, there is no coming out. If you want to check out a podcast that has more in-depth analysis of lyrics and albums, as well as a pretty good history of the band, you're gonna to want to check out My Chemical Fancast, which is hosted by my friends Kat and Haley. They're two friends who banded together to give us the content that we deserve. And boy, do they deliver. Well, that's all from me. Without further ado, enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Dear Fandom, where everything you like is terrible, and that's okay. I'm Hillary. And I'm Megan. And today we are talking, we're doing our very first music episode, actually, which is amazing that we've made it this far without really
1: doing a music episode. <laughs> I know, and now that we've introduced music, it's like, alright, and 300 episodes later, and another thing. <laughs> and another thing. God, we have so much to talk about. The
0: uh, um, Megan and I grew up, like, we're teenagers in the mid-2000s, which was
1: like the peak of, like, emo. And, and we are not shameful about that at all. No, uh, Nope, not, not at all. I not mean, at of all. all the of all the time periods to uh, of music to to have like had your rebellious teenage years during, it was one where we all decided collectively we're sad, so... <laughs> we're sad and theatrical and gay and like yeah I mean, yeah yeah yeah. I mean, think about it in uh, what was it uh, Halloween two thousand and six two thousand and seven when uh, was when I. Uh, my sister dressed up as Helena. Yeah, yeah. Man, that was great. She's just like, I'm just not going to go out in the sun for three and a half months. And then lots of eyeliner. Lots and lots and lots of eyeliner. She looked good. She did. She did. That was fun. That was fun. Hot Topic just sold those dresses. They're like, no, this is for your prom. <laughs> um,
0: the reason we bring up Helena is because this episode is about the the granddaddy of everybody.
1: the misfits just kidding uh uh, mcr sobbing loudly in the corner (laughs) (laughs) we are so old
0: um my Chemical Romance, New Jersey-based band, My Chemical Romance.
1: Uh, I can really quickly, just to give you this this update on Megan's things that she found out uh, 15 years after she found out about My Chem, uh, when I found out they were from New Jersey, which was, like, literally this year, I was like, well, that's a lie. And Hillary was like, I have news for you. It is not. You you also want to know
0: something that is really, like, terrifying?
1: I I'm really sure I'm not ready, but go ahead.
0: Um the boys uh, the brothers
1: are from Belleville actually you are i oh my god okay <clears throat> we're good um, that town has no relevance to me whatsoever that is why i have this reaction. <laughs> yeah. We're not telling you why that town has relevance just that it does. It absolutely that's insanity. Well i mean in a, in fun fact news also Frankie Valley is from there and Frankie Valley and Gerard Way are very similar in the sense that people listen to them and cry <laughs> <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> For different reasons, but, you know, the end result is still the same.
0: All right, so, um, basic (laughs) overview of My Couple Romance, and then we're going to kind of talk about the sort of, like, the meta aspects of them. Um, They were formed in 2001 after uh, Gerard Way. Gerard Way was working for uh, Cartoon Network at at the time, um, I'm sorry. As was,
1: Gerard Way was working for Cartoon Network,
0: mm-hmm. he was an intern, and that was ta- at a time when being an intern could lead to a job.
1: <laughs> Ooh, That's he how you coming know. with the
0: flamethrower today. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he was on the like the ferry on the way to Manhattan, and uh, or like the little Jersey ferry, and he saw the towers go down. And um, he actually talks about it very. He talks about it in various interviews, but he talks about it um, very candidly in kind of like a darkly humorous way in this interview, this like 2012 interview that he does with um, Kevin Smith. Um, mm-hmm. I will, I will like. I'm going to make. I have. I have to make a Twitter account for this. Uh, for this podcast, anyway, it'll be the first thing that I link. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, it's very. It's very funny. He looks very cute, and uh, Kevin Smith, like fanboys, all over the place for him. But he witnessed the towers go down, and he was like, "What the hell am I doing with my life?" And he calls up a bunch of his buddies. He calls up his brother. He calls. Um. He calls his friend Ray Toro. Uh, who is the dude in the band with the big hair? Who's like a musical genius? I knew and he's, that. <laughs> and he's like, hey guys, hey guys, um, Mikey, you're required to do this because you're my brother, but um, I'm yeah. starting a band. Do you want to yeah. do it? And so they put together uh, they put together a CD over the very very quickly, like super super quickly. Um, Frank Iero, who is like kind of the biggest offshoot of the band currently, joins the band and he um, and he like composes a few parts of the song uh, for the songs on um, I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Your Love
1: that is the name of the album i know listen i know it's <laughs> i listen i think anybody so real quick disclaimer on um, every cd that was released between 2003 to 2008 uh if it was in the alt or emo or punk category no, it's not like you're going to get like some titles like passion you know like you're not going to get like a one word title it's like you know nails for breakfast tax for snacks that's you a know, song that is yeah oh that's the album title damn the it the album title is a fever you can't sweat out oh well, you know what i'm 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 good <laughs> I, you know what? I just I just want to inform everyone. Today's the day after Thanksgiving, what's and really, I slept six hours last night. What, um, but that that started at two a, Well, one a.m. What's ish.
0: really funny about you saying we'll get back to MCR in a second, but what's really funny we have to mention panic. What's really funny about you saying nails for breakfast, tax for snacks is that's a real deep cut in the
1: album. So like you're showing your emo roots. <laughs> All right. Well, excuse me. I really didn't only listen to it every day for a few years. So sh- 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 it sounds so good. <laughs> It's my favorite song on that album. Anyway. Um, yes, but anyway, continue. I yeah, apologize so, um, for, for interjecting.
0: No, it's totally fine. They they kind of slapped together slapped together a group effort and slapped together this CD with Jeff Rickley of Thursday. He produces the album, and it's the two weeks he's off of tour. So he's like, hey, I'm off of tour for two weeks, so if you want to do this, we're going to record it in this guy's basement. And they're like, cool, bet. <laughs> so literally, like, this is the most cool, Jersey bet. operation Like, They ever. still
1: operate to this day that way in Jersey, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they put out the album and it doesn't really like it, it's it, an album it's an album yeah it's an album it's very well loved now but like it didn't really like it sold like six thousand copies like which you
1: know is basically nothing <laughs> i okay so this is I, i'm gonna be honest with our audience right now in terms of like how much i knew about mcr i was like I was like, I love uh I'm not okay, I promise. And that's a song on the album that you guys that's the that's the one I listened to. I, I am very into the emo because my like extension knowledge of alt and emo was uh Green Day and uh Panic at the Disco and uh musical theater from the two thousands. Really into that stuff, guys. Uh but when it came to MCR, if if Caitlin or Hillary weren't listening to it. Like, my friend group wasn't listening to it. I didn't know it. So <laughs> I remember the first day Hillary handed me her iPod. And I got into Motion City Soundtrack truly just because it had the word soundtrack in it. And I'm like, I love soundtracks. I've never seen the movie Motion City. I'm certain it'll be good. We we will be doing
0: a Motion City Soundtrack episode at some point. But, um, God. So they, they put together this album. And um, I'm really, I'm really happy that you're such a novice when it comes to this sort of thing, because I get to imbue you with my skewed perspective on
1: this. And oh, it's- <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited as hell for it. 17 year old me is like, yes, tell me the information so, now. Like- so
0: basically, it's like, it's so theatrical. It's like they're starting the. It, this album is very post hardcore. It's like melodic and stuff like that. They haven't really embraced their theatrical elements yet, but it's there. It's happening like Gerard wears a show a shirt to one of their first shows that says thank you for the venom on it which is a title to one of their tracks on the out the next album they put out like three years later so he's like thinking ahead so he's um, he's got the
1: long game in mind he's he's like like, he truly has the fucking long game in
0: mind he's like like big big brain big galaxy brain genius So um, even though their album doesn't sell well, they're being courted by um, record executives and, like, labels and stuff, and, like, they're having dinner with these guys. But they eventually signed to Reprise Records, and um, they start with this dude called um, Howard Benson. And there's a documentary called uh, Life on the Murder Scene, which is objectively a poorly made documentary. It's not good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Objectively, it's not great, guys. Don't waste your time. The the aspect (laughs) aspect ratio, like, is... All over the place. So, <laughs> do you have a widescreen or a box TV? Yes, great.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's like it can't decide. So, um, and like all the parts are together. It's so it's so bizarre. There's no clear narrative, really. It's um, a lot. But, it's, but a lot of the fandom based a lot of their information on MCR up until the beginning of the Black Parade era when there was a lot more information about them out there because they became bigger on this documentary. So they interviewed this dude, Howard Benson, and Howard Benson was like, these guys were great, but they didn't know how to write a song. So I taught them how to write a song. And they marked... <laughs> no,
1: and... Okay, okay, so... I'm um, so... I, I, okay, I'm just as a, as a complete outsider on this information, but if I was Gerard Way and some... And some guy was like, well, they're great. Like, some person I had, like, trusted with, like, information about, like, recording, you know, like, video or whatever about my life. And he was like, you're great, but you can't write a song. And I'd be like, well, excuse you. I'm just going to go home then. <laughs> well, there's
0: this, um, they, the example that it gives, you've heard The Ghost of You, la, that song.
1: Yeah, uh, yes. yes. I mean, you're just gonna have to play it on, uh, but I would remember it probably, I think most of, like, my knowledge of, like, mid-2000s songs is, like, I know the song as soon as it's played, but if you were to, like, ask me the title, unless it was something that I was, like, deep into, like, uh, Panic, I wouldn't know, even Panic, I still don't know each individual track title. <laughs> yeah, you would. you would know the song if it was played, but...
0: At the end of the song, there's this kind of um, melodic bridge part where it's like vocalizations without words, and they were just going to end the song there. And Howard Benson was like, you need to slam in with the chorus. And they were like, dude, no, like, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And then he they like, he inserts, what he basically did was inserted a pre-recorded chorus like into, into that spot, and they all listened to it, and they were like, God damn it, he's right. So... <laughs>
1: Um, oh my god! So, wow.
0: so that was the whole recording process, and um, he basically crafted like hit after hit after. There were tons of hits off that album, and um, I'm Not Okay major hit, Helena major hit, Ghost View major hit. Um, several songs on that album were included on horror film soundtracks, and that album in its first day sold more copies than the entire run of
1: bullets did. (laughs) So... (laughs) I mean, oh, I also would say in terms of like the long standing reach of... This is the Black Parade you're talking about, right? No, I'm talking about Three Cheers of Sweet Revenge. Okay, so then I have been confusing um, the bullets one with three, tre- three cheers for sweet revenge my entire life because I, the the entire time you've been talking, I'm like, yeah, the one with the blood on the face on the cover. That's I'm the one so she's happy! Talking about. I'm
0: so happy we're having this conversation because <laughs> like, there is a whole other era before blood on the face, and you know, the blood on the face, the lady tie. and the guy looking at each other like no, sad and stuff. <laughs> that's three cheers for sweet revenge, and that's when they start doing the kind of overarching narratives in their concept albums like because like wow all their albums are concept albums but like they become more clear concept albums the further along you get
1: so um i i spoiler alert i do know about um oh my god the, uh the danger days that's the, that's the one that they just did the before their hiatus, correct?
0: Yes, yes.
1: That one I knew definitively was a was a concept. That one I was like very aware of. The con- I'm like, wow, what a concept. Well, th-
0: um. Thursday, what a concept.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, MCR, what a concept. Um, so- Gerard with pink hair, what a concept. No, Gerard. Do it more.
0: No, because that that kind of sl- that's like grabbing a fish out of a bucket and slapping you in the face being like concept but (laughs) (laughs) so um so this this album that i'm talking about is three cheers for sweet revenge which is the man and the woman on the cover and basically this woman dies and this man has to kill a thousand evil men in order to bring her back from the dead it's kind of like an like a warped orpheus and orpheus and uh eurydice kind of deal um you're like
1: blowing my mind i had no idea about any of this
0: but i think the best i mean like the the thread kind of gets lost a little bit of course because they wrote a fucking spaghetti western song in the middle
1: of the of the album for no reason i feel like sometimes when that happens like you'll you'll listen to an album or a cd and you'll be like like you'll, you'll reach a song and you'll go, this has no place in this album. And then you'll be like, ah, okay. This was, this was just, you know, like, like was Gerard the main songwriter for all okay. these? So a lot. Okay. So, um, the music is like largely
0: a collaborative experience. It's mostly between Gerard and Ray, but Gerard is the
1: primary
0: lyricist.
1: Okay, yeah, because I'm thinking, like, with a lot of, like, you know, um, creative, like, explosions that a lot of creatives will have, they'll just start writing, and then, you know, you'll get to, like, certain, like, like at least with Queen, like, Freddie Mercury was like, all right, everything sounds different, you're lucky if you, uh, if, if there's any sort of connecting thread with any of this. Well,
0: the thing, the thing about Queen is Queen had multiple songwriters, so... That um,
1: makes sense. Yeah,
0: Queen had, yeah, Freddie didn't write all the songs, like brian may wrote some of the songs roger deacon wrote some of the songs like it's you know you're my best friend is a song by uh, by um is it no john deacon john deacon about his wife
1: and I'm I'm just gonna be real honest with you. I'm pretty I'm pretty uh unknowledgeable when it comes to music stuff. I'm like everybody wrote the same song in Queen, and they're like Megan the Five sentence, and I'm like exactly goodbye. Yeah, no,
0: their, their songwriting process was different, whereas like a lot of stuff in MCR is like Gerard centralized, and like Gerard's like we're gonna do a concept, and you're coming along for the ride, and everyone's like I guess. Like, <laughs> do you need a guitarist? <laughs> yeah, I mean they they loved doing it, but like. Um, at one point, um, like, the album is very raw and unhinged, and because Gerard was in the middle of a alcohol and drug-induced, like, mental breakdown, essentially, like, he hit rock bottom in 2004, and, um, he was... He was still relatively young. Like, they didn't start, they aren't, like, a lot of these bands that start when they're, like, freaking babies. Like, but Gerard was, like, 27 when he hit rock
1: bottom. That's pretty young. Wow. I had no idea that, I mean, not that it, you know, not that it matters much, but I had no idea that, I guess, you know, when you're a teenager and you see bands like MCR, you just assume that they are, like, just marginally older than you are. Uh, And to know that Gerard was 14 years older than me? Thirteen yeah, years old. Thirteen than years older than you. He's seventy-seven. That's crazy to me because I think this is just concept of like they under like, <coughs> excuse me, um, they understood like especially with like those really like like I'm not okay was just something that as a 14, 15, 16 year old, you just blast in your headphones. And just like, like I traveled by public uh, transportation a lot. So I would just like sit on the bus or sit on the subway and I just like blast that shit on my iPod at like a volume of 368 uh, because I just didn't like having eardrums at that moment. And who needs it, Exactly. But it really related it, it related so heavily to it. And I wonder if that was just the Gen X experience kind of like bleeding into the millennial experience. But it's, I, it's very interesting.
0: I wonder because um, it's like at age. I mean, I'm a little older now than I'm a little older now than Gerard was when MCR first started getting big. And, um, like I'm 20, I'm going, I'm about to be 29 and, um, you know, I feel, I don't know if I could write a song from my teenage experience anymore. I do write songs, but I like, I could access feelings I maybe had in my early to mid twenties, but I can't access like that. So the fact that he could do that is pretty remarkable. And another thing, I think that we're so used to bands like, (laughs) To to everyone who's listening. Sorry we keep bringing up Panic at the Disco, but it's important.
1: (laughs) They share the same cinematic universe. (laughs) Yes.
0: Um, They were, I mean, Brendan Urie's like a few years older than us. He's not that much older than we
1: are. Like, and Paramore, they're even younger. That sounds fake as well. I feel like there should be a middle ground.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Brendan Urie's like 32,
1: 33. Oh, that's. Absolutely a lie that can't be true. Oh my god, wow. Whereas Gerard, who looks like a baby, is 43. Wow, Jesus. Okay, sorry. I'm ha- but- my mind is also simultaneously like exploding with the fact that I. I, I just assumed Gerard Way and Brendan Urie with, were within like two years of each other.
0: No, Gerard looks like a vampire and probably
1: sold his soul at some point. But like, I mean, I also a- want to say that I include Billy Joe Armstrong in this same category oh, because no, Billy like Jar- when when American Idiot came out, I'm like, ah, yes, all of these are young men. And then they were like, we're in our forties, and I'm like, you are a liar, is what you are. Okay, to, <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, he's 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 not that much older than Gerard is. He's That's- just. Also, I'm just upset at every piece of knowledge you're. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I like this. This is my area of encyclopedic knowledge. Like, I know it's... the ages
1: of like old rock dudes and bands. Like, this is just me. And... <laughs> it's crazy to find out all these ages. One of like the worst things about getting older is you're like, oh, these people that I thought were. Just marginally older than I currently am right now are actually 15 years older than me. Oh, that's fake. I, you're a liar is what you are. It's, ter- <laughs> it's terrifying.
0: It's like also weird to think about the fact that the like Gerard and Ray are like the same age. so they're like they were like 27 28 when the, when the sort of my chemical romance explosion as they call it in life on the murder scene really started to ramp up. And um, the younger members of the band were, like, 22, 23 years old, which, like, I can't imagine being in a world-famous band when I'm, like, when I was, like...
1: Like, what what was I doing when I... I was starting grad school when I was 24. Like... (laughs) Oh, yeah, no. There's no way that I would have had... I mean, listen, I would have accepted it in any way, shape, and form if they were like, hey, you want to be world-famous at 24? I'd be like, yeah, well, uh, what does that mean? (laughs) What does that entail?
0: Yeah, so Gerard, like, it was... I don't know if it was... These are just personal speculations on my part, and he's never going to hear this, so it doesn't matter. But, like, I don't know if he necessarily, like... Because addiction is a funny thing, you know? It is, like, it's difficult. It's, like, hard to... Not parse. It's, like, hard to kind of, like, grasp, I guess. And, like, the motivations behind it. Maybe he couldn't handle the pressure. Maybe, like, it was because of mental illness. Maybe it was because of... A bunch of things. He got better, though, which is good. Like, he's been sober,
1: I think. uh, uh, When was he struggling with addiction? Because I'll be honest, I had no idea.
0: Okay, he was struggling with addiction. He... uh, There was a festival. It's actually, like, marked (laughs) in, like, MCR history, kind of. There was a festival called the Summer Sonic Festival, which is held in Japan. And it was in July of 2004. And he just totally like was blasted on stage and his band like they took him aside they basically took him aside and they kind of like like gave him an ultimatum they were like my guy you need to sort your shit out like and he was like you're right like i need to sort my shit out and um they also made the decision to kick out the drummer that was in the band at that time and replace him with a sound engineer that had been with them for a while. And that guy's name is Bob Breyer. And Bob Breyer was with the band for a while. He's considered, like, the defining MCR drummer. Um, okay,
1: I didn't... I actually... I, again, totally uninformed. But I did not know that there was more than one... Like... So when did they replace him, 2004, you said? They replaced him in 2004, yeah. Okay, so what CD, was that just, um, so was, uh, oh my god, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, that was done with the new drummer or the old drummer? The old drummer,
0: okay, so the chronology is this. Um, 2002 and 2004, the old drummer is on both of those CDs. The album, I believe, that the, um, he drums on the, uh, he drums on Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. It comes out in July. They kick him out later, in, like in August or something like that. And then they replace him with Bob Breyer and Bob Breyer drums on the next album.
1: Which is the Black, Black Parade. Parade. Yeah. Which is arguably probably their most notable, famous album, right? Yes,
0: it is their masterpiece. Um, A lot of people really... I, I this, is, this is just me going full musical theater gay snob here. And <laughs> Ready
1: for it. Let's do it.
0: Okay, so I think that a lot of people really love Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge for sentimental reasons, and it's raw, and it's got a lot of power and a lot of interesting stuff going on. But I think that, aside from Teenagers, which is a really fun song but didn't really belong on the album, I think that... Um, I think that, uh, Black guys, parade. really, really
1: quick, like side note, just want to interject here. Um, so when I got married, I had my bridal party entered to teenagers. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, it was so good. It was it was truly, like, it's something that now when me and my husband are in the car and teenagers comes on, like, when we're listening to, like, the alt-rock station, we'll, like, blast it, and, my, and I'm like, yeah, it's good. This is a fun song. <laughs> and just, like, <laughs> people were rocking out, like, and... a, It's a great song. I didn't realize, like, it's a very, like, relevant song, and the reason it's more relevant, I liked it when I was a teenager, because I thought it was, like, about how, like... Yeah, we're crazy and everybody should be afraid of us and as an adult I'm like no no they're terrifying. <laughs> um, please that's... somebody run the teenagers are coming. Oh my god, they're all congregated at a bus stop. Oh, I'm I'm scared. <laughs> like... side
0: side note on that before we go back into the sort of the recording of Black Parade because it's like that's when that's actually the era when I saw them. So, um I have the most feelings about that era. Um Gerard used to live in Queens, and he they were recording Black Parade in New York, and he'd take the subway, and he'd see high schoolers from, like, New York City high schools, like, congregating on the subway.
1: So that song was, like, about people like us, basically. That's hysterical to know <laughs> that that song was written probably about people who either... I maybe knew or, like, who I definitely came into contact with, so Millennial Teens is what Teenagers is written about, and that's, uh, that's, that feels like a call-out in a way that I don't like it, so I'm gonna ignore that information. Yeah,
0: I mean, like, I was, I was already in high school in when
1: he would have written that song, so... I, oh man, I'm just like, this is this the kind of information that you're like, oh man, was I an asshole in high school? And then you look back at your behavior and you're like, yeah, just a <laughs> tiny bit. I mean, listen, I, I, I needed to yell loudly to my friends in pu- public spaces because I was listening to my chem at 20,000 decibels. So <laughs> I didn't have good hearing. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: So, um, Gerard gets sober, the kick out Matt. Um, they get all this funding and they sign to Warner Brothers Records. They, Reprise was sort of this, uh, sub, the sub, like, sub record label of Warner Brothers Records. And they signed to this major, major label and they move into the Paramore house. And the Paramore is this haunted house in Los Angeles, I believe.
1: I truly were like, it was, I was, I was, don't know why, but my head was like, Hayley Williams owns this house.
0: Yes, I'm um, not gonna
1: imagine. <laughs> like, hey guys, um, <laughs> God, oh. the dream. Um, so or he's like, I'm just gonna start a new fan fiction, Megan. Five
0: Gosh, no, I'm not 13 anymore.
1: <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so, um, so like they entered this like haunted house, they're like, it's for inspiration, and the house slowly starts driving them insane it's very much a shining situation and
1: i just i don't how how is is that real like that sounds like the plot of a no, season of american real. horror story I swear to god it's real oh, shit. oh man wow that's a lot of information like
0: gerard really is that bitch like <laughs> <laughs> and this is where he wrote the black parade that's this is where the whole band wrote the black parade yeah
1: holy I mean, there's... I, I'm, I'm thinking about it, and then if I think that I'm staying in a large, spooky house, uh, the idea of just a few chords on a piano playing in the background and, like, the silence, I'd be like, yeah, yeah nope, that, that checks out. That yeah, checks it, out, is, guys. it is
0: in... It is most likely in that... Uh, they also recorded in New York. Like, they, they didn't all... They didn't just record in the Paramore, but they wrote a lot in the Paramore. And Mikey got so, like, depressed and awful and scared... That, like, he had to leave. Like, he was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. And um, they were like, Damn. yo, bet. Like, I get it. Um, that's
1: that's really, like... But then again, I feel like sometimes as a creative, you'll put yourself through these really rigorous, like, routines or challenges. And, uh, you know, some people have a breaking point. I mean, personally, I'd probably enjoy, like, a good... 75 minutes in a scary house and then I'd be like all right too many ghosts got to go <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like doors would open and
0: close on their own things would turn on like things like that you know like
1: the that mm-hmm haunted like, uh, exactly like it'd be the kind of thing where you'd be like you know what I don't think anybody wants me in here um, I think they're angry that I'm sleeping in their space uh, and I'm not even paying rent so they're upset about that um,
0: yeah, yeah it's like what it's like hey guys what the hey guys what the fuck you think you can just waltz in here and like live in my space in my ectoplasm, <laughs> <laughs> in my
1: ectoplasm. right in front of my salad <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, there's another fan fiction, no! <laughs> Do not. <laughs> hey, guys. So if you just want to. No. <laughs> this is like
0: my immortal, too. Electric book.
1: <laughs> I'm throwing out my computer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way.
1: Well, um, she chose the last name Way for a reason, yeah, guys. Yeah, she did,
0: of course. She's like,
1: <laughs> We all were just like that's the that's the most catchy uh, last name because uh, Gerard's last name is Way because Yuri just doesn't have that same like sad effect, you know? The first paragraph of that
0: fan fiction is like I'm not related to Gerard, but if I uh, but I wish I was cuz he's a major fucking hottie.
1: What a sentence, guys! What a sentence. <laughs> um, okay. I, 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 If I was related to Gerard, I don't think I would find him really hot. I think, I think personally, personally. I mean, just hear me out here, guys. If I'm related to somebody, that's almost, almost immediately a way to find them exclusively unattractive. I,
0: I don't. There, there are enough first cousins married in this country. Not that I condone
1: this action. <laughs> there's action, there's enough first cousins married. Wow, again. we got off track. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um the Black Parade continue. <laughs> yeah, so um in my
0: actoplasm. So um they eventually get this recorded and um they, they spent a lot of money on this album, and they it's this whole concept about this guy called the patient who dies and goes into the afterlife, and the afterlife manifests itself as this like parade. And Gerard is the leader of this parade, and they've got uniforms, and like there's a whole cast of characters. And the, it's this guy kind of going through his regrets and, like... I mean, there are a few songs off the album that
1: aren't necessarily about the concept because that's kind of how MCR do, but, like... Yeah, you can usually tell which ones those are, though. When you have a concept album and then you have songs outside of the concept, you're like, up, ah, I know which ones they are. Exactly. So, um, so, uh,
0: they drop this album and it is immediately successful. It is, like unbelievably successful they go on arena tours it is and they tour for two straight years like with basically without stopping um i saw them at the tail end of this experience when they were like tired and they were still good but they weren't like in their prime and gerard way had dyed his hair back to black by the time i saw them but in the beginning this is this is a really funny story so gerard originally wanted to shave his head and shave off his eyebrows But their manager at the time, Brian Schechter, who is really an angel... Um and also like just if you look him like I'm gonna send you a picture of him later. He's like stupid hot. It's like he's really hot. So um Yeah, please send me this picture. I must see. He's so he's like he's he's like covered in tattoos and piercings. He's like beautiful. But like he's he was like, Hey Gerard, uh maybe don't do that. So (laughs) So Gerard bleaches his head instead, giving us one of the most iconic looks like he's ever sported. I am of the unpop apparently unpopular opinion that he looks better with
1: short hair. Um and he he got- I think it just depends on which era of Gerard you um like had your like like heyday of Gerard. Like there are some people who love him with pink hair so
0: I mean that me. is that is true. However, I'm not a coward. I would fuck current Gerard so like <laughs>
1: I'm not a coward.
0: <laughs> I'm not a coward, and anyone who says they wouldn't is. <laughs> so, um, so the, it's like super successful. They um, they tour and tour and tour and tour and tour, and they wear themselves down. And the tour ends in in like a final show in a final show at Madison Square Gardens, May thirty first, uh, two thousand eight and uh, gerard ends it with like no matter what happens like you need to promise that you'll stay alive and like that's would have been a fitting ending to the band now they immediately start trying to write a new album nothing works like they released the tracks that they wrote during this era with warner brothers um with this particular producer i forget his name and i should have done a little more research, even though I am sitting here with a page of notes.
1: <laughs> I just want to say that there's still a lot of research that if I don't know the name of a Warner Brothers executive, I'm okay. I will yeah, leave yeah. this episode already. So, right.
0: so, um, they work with this particular producer who is, like, steering them in the direction of a sound. They can't agree on anything and the resulting album is Conventional Weapons, which has a few good songs that come out of it, and that's available on Spotify if anybody wants to go listen to it. But, you know, the heart's not there. It's not, like, and Gerard from years of chain smoke and not taking care of his voice has lost a lot of the power that he used to have and was apparent on albums such as three cheers for sweet revenge and the black parade so it's a little stunted it's a little weird there's a song called boy division that's really good that's one actually one of my favorite MCR songs ever Um, and um. That's, like, a good thing to come off conventional weapons. But Gerard's like, fuck this. I, like, I want to start fresh. I have this vision. And Danger Days comes about. And Danger Days, he calls it high concept. Which is like, Gerard, you just wrote an album about a dude who dies and, like, like gets whisked <laughs> off by a parade. That's not high concept enough for him.
1: <laughs> so, I'm sorry, but that is... Such a creative thing to do. Like you'll like do something and you're like it's really like the, the peak of creativity and you'll be like, that was trash. This thing that I'm about to do, that's it. And you're like, Okay. And uh, you wanna sit down? <laughs> okay, to
0: his credit, to Gerard's credit, it really is high concept. They become full characters. They like like with code names.
1: And costume, like full costumes. I watched the music video for Na 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 Na. Isn't it nah, dope? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Isn't it? Do- it's a good song. What's your favorite? Na Na Na. That's my favorite lyric. It's a good lyric. Actually, my favorite lyric in the
0: song is "fuck like a candidate. but <laughs> which okay. Gerard? Okay, <laughs> I was okay, we water, have, Hillary. We have already established from Umbrella Academy that Gerard is obsessed with the
1: Kennedys. <laughs> I, you know what? I understand. Sometimes there is just an allure of of like presidential assassinations that you just like want to know, especially with like as much controversy and conspiracy that does surround the Kennedy assassination and Kennedy in general with his whole presidency. I mean, Jackie Onassis has a really weird fucking family. I understand Gerard's obsession with it. It's something that if you just started on just like a one Wikipedia page for like. Uh, you know, John F. Kennedy, three days later, you'd be like, all right, so I'm going to talk about the hoarding situation going on at Grey Gardens. (laughs) Now, don't start
0: me off on one of my obsessions. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, to, to talk about briefly before we go back into Danger Days, Gerard and his wife, Lindsay, who is the hottest woman alive, um... She is beautiful. She is the bassist of Mindless Self Indulgence and is a visual artist. They did a photo shoot where he was Kennedy and she was Jackie Onassis.
1: That's insane. I wait. What did, did, did you have? A picture can you send me the link? To yeah, this, please? yeah. Thank you. Let
0: me like hold on. It is, um, it is crazy.
1: Um, uh, let me see. I just need to, like, see this. This seems like something that I need to see. Yeah. Hold on. I'm gonna send it to you via Twitter. Tweet The tweeter. Oh, there it is. Oh my god, that's- I've seen this picture! I just assumed it was something else! Are you shitting me? Yeah, it's them. Wow. That's a- really good photo of like of like i'm sorry i just imagine like somebody who is really into mcr and simultaneously the jfk assassination making this (laughs) photo shoot they're they're out there they are they're wild it's It's a lot it's a lot when you uh when we get that uh twitter instagram something up we'll link this as well because that's something you don't understand, guys. This is a lot for me to watch because it is simultaneously somewhat... It's literally like a themed photo shoot being like, uh, Kennedy, but make it goth. And they're like, but it, it's he's dead already. Like, she watched her husband be... Yeah, goth. More goth, guys. Let's do it. <laughs> Black and white.
0: <laughs> make, make Jackie Onassis hot. I mean, the
1: Onassis, <laughs> the Onassis family comes out of hiding, and they're like, "Yeah, they're like, me? kill you." <laughs>
0: okay, so um, kind of, it's actually kind of relate a uh, uh, one big element, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to tangentially relate this photograph to um what we're talking about right now, re-danger Days. Um, uh, that's a, that was a cavalc that was a car cavalcade, and um, one big aspect of the like a lot of the big aspects of danger days were about like iconography about like Gerard's red hair and like the masks and like Jetstar sunglasses and the big thing is the spider you probably have seen like the spider image oh yeah
1: that's on the main uh like, it's on the car. album cover it's yeah. on the album
0: cover and it's on their transam and um that transam was like i think donated to them and they like or Gerard bought it or something like cuz he's stupidly rich and we're going to have to kill him when the revolution comes. Um,
1: <laughs> sucks, but we must do what we must do.
0: It's it's like it's like that picture of Eddie Murphy crying like with the gun and just, yes, like, <laughs> it's
1: it's amazing. Like, that's me with Gerard. Yeah, you or, don't want him, but you gotta. You gotta contain <laughs> him. Um, Gerard tweets back, I appreciate the hesitation, though.
0: <laughs> so, this album, uh, this album spawns a few hits, but does not do as well. And um, it is not the mega smash hit, because because um, uh, the Black Parade had several hits come off it. Teenagers was huge. Welcome to the Black Parade was huge. Even I Don't Love You was, like, a minor was a minor hit and still like I still hear it on like alt radio sometimes. Um there were several, several songs off that I, a famous last words is a big song that I've heard on the radio. Yeah. Um but like I occasionally hear Welcome to the Black Parade on mainstream radio which is like and it's that's like a 14 year old song and I like heard it fairly recently.
1: So <laughs> Oh yeah, well, I mean Welcome to the Black Parade is uh is something that if you have, like, you know, your your generic alt station on, you know, 91.7 FM or whatever, like, that's uh, definitely going to play uh, Black Parade. I mean, it's also going to play, like, American Idiot. It's also going to play, like, you know, some random uh, alt songs from the 2000s. You're going to get some Paramore, you know? It's just, it's just, there's, like, you're going to hear Misery Business and Black Parade more often than you'll hear New Artists. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, um, because new pop punk is dead. <laughs>
1: it's
0: like, what is it? Machine Gun Kelly now? Anyway,
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, he put on a out pop punk album. Um, oh no, I thought that was a joke. I thought you were joking with me. What a joke! No, no <laughs> I was not. I wrote it. In, I wrote it in my diary. Hillary made a very funny joke today. <laughs> Only it wasn't. <laughs> i'm sorry Continue. no it's
0: fine um so this album didn't do as well and gerard was kind of tipping back into some of his former problems he was you know experiencing like disordered eating behaviors he was starting to drink again like things were getting bad and he like quasi relapsed and he got back on track eventually and they kind of like finished things off like sort of in 2011 and they started to work on mcr5 a new album and um it the original concept for the album is like unspeakably sad it is so it's called the paper kingdom and it, a lot of us were calling it mcr5 for a while
1: um and so wait this this album was it uh written it was written after danger days Um,
0: yes, this album was, it was being written after Danger Days. Um, and, um, it was, uh, called The Paper Kingdom, and it was about a bunch of fathers in group therapy after their kids had, like, died, like, from cancer. And it was really, really sad. And that's an unspeakably sad concept. And, um, I am almost glad that it didn't come to fruition, to be quite honest, because I don't know if I would have been able to take that. Like, so they were in yeah. limbo with this album for a while. There's a lot of silence with them, et cetera, et cetera. And then march twenty second, two thousand and thirteen, a short message is posted on MCR's website declaring that they have broken up. Apparently, this decision was made in late two thousand and twelve. and, there's a lot of contention with this. There's a lot of debate that um, the other members did not know about it, and Gerard made this decision by himself. There was a lot of controversy surrounding this, but of course, the world was shattered. And for seven, for six years, we didn't hear anything. And then in October of 2019, a. Like, a bunch of cryptic clues were started to be posted on MCR's social media accounts. And everyone, you know, everyone was like Charlie with, like, Charlie in um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with the red strings. Um, like,
1: you mean you? <laughs> 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 Excuse me. Sorry, I was a cough. No, (laughs) I mean,
0: yeah, I mean myself. (laughs) Of course I mean myself. I was like, what does it mean?
1: (laughs) Hillary was texting me. The day that information was released, I received a text from Hillary. And uh, you you were like, man, I can't wait to spend so much money on the inevitable New Jersey show that I have to go to.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so late October, I think it was October 31st um they were basically like surprise we're getting back together and they played a show in Los Angeles on December 20th 2019 and i watched part of the live stream and watched the rest of it afterward i fell asleep i was so tired i had played a show with show with my own band that night and i bought tickets to riot fest and to a show in new jersey um,
1: and then coronavirus happened. I, so I wanted to say, so a spoiler, a quick warning for anyone who doesn't realize, um, coronavirus happened. Uh, it's currently happening. Still happening. It's currently going on. Wear a fucking mask so I can go see MCR. <laughs> um, my cam ushered in, uh, <laughs> Yeah, they the did world it. decided it, we were too, we were too fucked up to have an MCR reunion. Truly. So, <laughs> so we don't deserve it. Yeah, we have to take some time off as a, as a humanity.
0: <laughs> we have to take a break, be separate. So yeah, um, that's like a basic kind of history to sort of, um, I thought I'd have a little more time to talk about MCR's uh, MCR's impact but you know I was Very glad to
1: educate you about. Um, (laughs) Believe me I think we can Do a follow up episode on their impact Oh hi guys this is my Baby um She's just woken up from a nap just wanted To let you guys know since we're almost at the end of the Episode Um, exactly so
0: I think we should um I think this will be the history episode And I think we will do A follow up episode at a later Point about MCR and sort of emo music's impact in general with MCR sort of at the forefront of it and talk about, you know like the impact of females on, you know, general like cultural zeitgeist and like queer
1: people and all that all that sort of thing. I'm very excited for this episode because mostly, as I've said previously in this episode, I'm not really, like, very knowledgeable on the music fandom. Not, 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 not knowing a lot. And uh, MCR is a really good introduction for me personally because uh, they're just one of those bands that, like, even if you know nothing about MCR, you'll still be like, oh, yeah, 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 the, the Black Parade one. Uh, yeah, I know that one. <laughs> like-
0: yeah, so one thing I want to end this episode on is that um, I'm going to probably at the inaugural tweet storm or tweet thread on our um, Twitter will be a thread of Gerard's greatest hits or worst hits, meaning all the times he's dressed really poorly. Um, and um, there are many times he does not like to shower. And <laughs> he
1: does... I get it. It's 2020, man. I understand that. No, he's also I'm a new parent. So. <laughs>
0: he, no, he he didn't have an excuse. He he didn't shower before he had a baby. <laughs> oh,
1: all right. Well, you know what? I also lived through the 2000s, so I understand that. Yeah, as well. I mean, big
0: same, but like <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that'll be um that'll be a later episode. Um thank you so much for listening to uh I feel like this is the first time I've really like Taking the reins on something not in a bad way i'm loving it uh, i love
1: i would love i'm just gonna i'm just gonna throw this out there that like um i would love a ton of episodes regarding like things that you are way more knowledgeable about That i'm just like yes i i too know the things continue i'm just gonna shut up because i can't provide any information (laughs) Um.
0: all right well um Thank you everyone for listening to this beautiful episode on and this And thank you today. Hillary. No. <laughs> it's me. It's me, the teen, the forever emotini.
1: I love it. I love it. The emotini beanie.
0: All right. Well, everyone please stay safe. Please wear masks so I can see my cam. Please, I would like to see them. I bought. I spent so much money.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if you actually, you know what, easiest way, uh, in order to just like just stay inside, if you don't need to go out, don't go out. You know what? I get it. Just stay home. Just stay home. Wear a mask if you need to go out. And like, you know, uh, we'll bend down the hatches. It's gonna be a long, cold winter. So uh, just, just you know, stay safe and care about other people who aren't just yourself. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Love you. All right. Bye. Bye.